Welcome to Hit It, the Water Skier Magazine podcast, powered by USA Water Ski and Wake Sports, where we go on the water with some of the top athletes from three events, show skiing, barefooting, and everything in between. This episode is brought to you by Visit Central Florida, the water ski capital of the world. I'm your host, Tyler Boyd. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Hit It, the Water Skier Magazine podcast. It is not every day you get to interview the greatest of all time. She is a four-time world overall record holder, a nine-time slalom world record holder, your current slalom record holder with four and a half buoys at 41 off. Just last year, the International Water Ski Federation named her the top female athlete of the last quarter century. Yes, I had the chance to interview Regina Jaquis. The 2021 season was a challenging season for Regina, but yet it might have been one of the most remarkable returns to sports after a season-ending injury we have ever witnessed. She started off last May 2021 with her seventh consecutive win at the Swiss Pro Slalom. Then she would go down with that ACL injury. Many thought she was going to be out with that season-ending injury for the entire year, but yet somehow, some way, she made her way back to competition in early October, getting a silver medal at the Malibu Open, another silver at the World Championships, and somehow was able to book in the 2021 season with a gold medal at the Mastercraft Open. We cover a lot of Regina's journey and road to recovery in this episode and what to expect in 2022. I think you're going to find this very, very inspiring. Here's my interview with Regina Jaquis. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are in the virtual studio with Regina Jaquis here this morning. Regina, what's going on? Hey, it's great to be here. I'm super excited um, what you guys are doing with USA Water Ski and doing the podcast. I got to listen to the first episode with Scott the Rocket Man, and it was great. And I guess I got some big shoes to fill here for this episode. <laughs> well, yeah, it was awesome having Scott on. Like I said in the last podcast, we're definitely going to have to have him back on. Just a wealth of knowledge and experience. Super fun. You know, as water skiers, we are looking forward to summer. Sometimes these winters can get a little bit long, and we're right around the corner. I mean, spring is here. What is Regina Jake was doing as far as her training and getting ready for 2022? Well, it's a little bit different than how it's been in the past. I, uh, as everyone pretty much knows, I tore my ACL in 2021, and so it was out for a majority of the season. So I am still only eight and a half months out of my surgery. So I'm still a baby at this. Um, it's a very vulnerable um, topic and situation. So I still am in recovery mode and trying to also get ready for the 2022 season so that, you know, one, I can stay injury free, but to also get back to being me. Absolutely. And that's a big thing that we want to highlight in this episode is just your return to competitive skiing, because this time last year, let's say February, March, 2021, I'm sure the goals looked a lot different. 
you had big tournaments coming up. It was the world tournament at Jack Travers. I mean, that was much anticipated oh. last year. <laughs> I think everybody was so excited. World Rehab site. I was like, oh my goodness, the three event site. It's going to be great. I mean, it's the world record site. And, oh, it was just, you know, goals were being set. And um, yeah, you're right. At this time, I actually was, at this time last year, I was probably sitting down talking to Jay Bennett and we were coming up with a, uh, a plan for the year and goals and that was definitely one of them the the three events and the world championship title for overall talk to us a little bit about that i've heard interviews in the past with jay and how he seems to communicate with his athletes obviously you were in training mode trying to get ready for that season but it's a very very detailed process what what i understand that jay goes through of really goal setting and training and how you're going to achieve i think a lot of times as spectators and fans we we look at the results and go man they just landed there when the preparation was years if not tens of years ago but in this particular situation you were pretty much six seven eight months away making those goals leading up to that world oh yeah um and you know that is one of jay's um jay bennett's things as a coach i mean he isn't just the coach that you're gonna see when you're watching the webcast and we're jumping and looking to him for coaching on the water he is taking it a step further he's you know getting in your head he's planning things he's you know he's knowing your next move before you really truly know it yourself um so it's a very brilliant aspect that he does offer uh, compared to a lot of coaches, it's it's a tough job to be somebody's coach like that. And you know, like you said, it's it's not like okay, we we land here on the jump every time. Uh, you know, we're we're always going. You know, 180 feet. You know, that's that's not just what happens. It's he has this entire process. And sometimes you're just beating yourself on the head. I mean, I'm like, okay, I'm just hitting my head here, Jay, because how many you know, of this repetition am I going to do, right? Like, and then all of a sudden he's like, okay, let's go put it together. Cause you know, it's like in my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, I got like one week before this tournament and I don't even know where I'm at. And it just all comes together. So he really has it figured out of the process. It's just, you know, for being a very well patient person that I am, it's very hard to, t- you know, okay, when are we going to do this? But uh, it, it definitely is a plan that works. He's great at it. But yeah, he definitely focuses on both sides of the spectrum as being a coach on the water as well as off the water, which is very important. So back in 2021, you're working through this process with Jay. You're getting ready. You've got your goals built up for the season to come. And you go to a familiar site, which I mean, seven consecutive wins at the Swiss Pro start off again with a huge win i mean you must absolutely just love that site that was in may and that was your first competition not only do i love that site i love the stoudemire family so interesting story probably only the stoudemire family and my family know the stoudemire family used to do a tournament called Eurolap, and that was back when they were in swiss and that was one of my first major slalom titles I won. Goodness, it must have been back in maybe 2000 when they had this event, right around that time frame. And it was the last time they did it, but it was my first time ever being able to go to it. And I won, but the cash purse was $10,000 for first place. So I came home with the win, 
and I tucked my, you know, my money away. And then it was my down payment for Emerald Coast Compounding Pharmacy. Nice. So it <laughs> so, almost starts another career for you. Exactly. Yeah. And so I never really pulled this out of our set because there was that time from when they never did the tournament anymore. And then, you know, I don't, you know, that there was that gap. And then they ended up buying Swiss water ski resort and then they started Swiss Pro. And like the second or third year in this was pro, Clint, thought of our the dad, is like, Regina, you haven't ever lost one of my tournaments. And I'm like, no, I haven't. But the first tournament is actually the win that just keeps on winning for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's always been kind of our, our thing. So, yeah, Swiss Pro has a lot of meaning, not just because, yeah, I've won seven now. It's, it goes back from one of their first events that they ever did. So it's, it's a very special tournament for me. Um, you know, yeah, I, I, I'm basically undefeated. I am undefeated right now at that event, but it has so much history too for me, for the people that put that on. Wow, what a storyline. And for those <laughs> listening that do not know that you are a pharmacist, you run your own compounding pharmacy, and to think that a professional win was the first <laughs> down payment on your pharmacy, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, that is the win that keeps on giving. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so, you know, started this season out 2021 with my seventh title there. You know, things were going great. I mean, I was really excited for the season. I, I was training really well. Skiing was going the right direction. My, I, the next weekend, we had some last chance qualifiers for the Masters. I was qualified to solve the jump. I was going, I had set a PB at 184. At one of the last chance qualifiers, I ran four at 41. And then about eight days, 10 days later, it just went from doing that to um, not walking. <laughs> so uh, I tore my ACL and it was, it, it just kind of like all hit, you know, it was like, what do I do? You know, like, where do I go? What happens now? And nobody really ever said like, the severity of this injury as far as mentally goes because it's like literally right after surgery you can't get up <laughs> you can't get out of bed you can't do anything on your own my mom actually like lived with me for three and a half months just to help me get around the house you know my dad took my chocolate lab champ because i couldn't walk him i couldn't he couldn't wag his tail around me you know my sister was trying to keep the, the store going, but um, yeah, I mean, as soon as I tore my ACL, I was able and very fortunate to get in the hands of Dr. Lyle Kane, um, and he is going to be your top doctor for orthopedics, and he's the go-to guy for these NFL athletes, so Drew Brees with the Saints, he injured his shoulder. That's who Dr. Kane worked on before Drew Brees really got to have his career. And I just, I remember I go to his office and I'm just in my head. I still have this, well, yeah, maybe it's torn, but you know, people, people do that without having surgery. They, I mean, you can have a partial tear. You can do all this stuff without surgery. I'll be fine. I'll just, you know, get, I'll muscle it up and I'll get going. Like I can handle it. He walked in and basically was like, okay, well, surgery tomorrow. And that's when it just, uh, I don't normally, you know, let too many emotions come in, but man, I just started bawling on them, you know, and my mom is there with the appointment. She's like, oh my gosh. And then 
he's standing, I remember he hands me this tissue and I kind of like, okay, I'm going to suck it all back up. I got this. I was just like, you know, Dr. Kane, I really respect you. I respect who you are. And I, I really do, but I never wanted to meet you. And then he right. starts laughing. And then I start laughing because I'm like, I can't believe I just told the guy that's supposed to do surgery on my ACL this, you know, and he's doing it tomorrow. Like, and then, you know, that's when I think the light bulb actually went off is because then he said, just take a look around you really quick. And so I look around the office and it's all these jerseys NFL players. You know, I mean, just all the top guys. And um, he's like, so every single jersey is pretty much mainly ACLs. Some of them are, but you know, <laughs> pretty much all ACLs. And guess what? These are jerseys after they came back from the injury. Awesome. He's like, this is a common injury. You'll get through it. We'll get you through it. And he's been incredible. I mean, he's, he was one of the reasons. There's many reasons. But one of the reasons I got back in four and a half months on my ski, competed at the Malibu Open. He is he watched, you know, he turned on and watched all of my events after, uh, for the rest of the season checks on you. I mean, there were so many appointments afterwards that you had to keep going to, but just an amazing part of the success too, for me. And there's well, a and lot. That, and that's the thing, Regina, we've been watching you ski for such a long period of time. We had this discussion before we jumped on this podcast. I remember the first time I ever heard of Regina Jake was, I think it was 1997. <laughs> There's a girl who won junior masters in trick, and then it's pretty much the rest is history up until this point. And really, there's never been at like an ACL type of injury, maybe a couple right. things here and there that you were able to bounce back from. But this one, it was a it sounds like it was a mental challenge as well as it was a physical challenge to come back. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it has been a very brutal process. I mean, and, and like I said, this is still really raw, uh, emotional for me. I'm still only eight and a half months and ACL injuries are generally going to be 12 months minimum. So a lot of work went into it. I mean, day after surgery, you know, you're just in so much pain that you don't realize what all has been taken away from you, but you know that you're going to get it back. You know, you know that you're going to walk again. You know, you're not the only athlete that ever has had ACL injury and you're going to come back. You do know that, but when you can't walk, you don't really trust it, right? Like, it's just kind of like, no, I don't know about this, you know? And then you just walk by your skis and, you know, you see your solemn ski there and you see, you know, you're just like, hmm, why am I even looking at that? You know, because I can't walk. Like, and you really do get overwhelmed just as far as your daily things that you took for granted are no longer part of that. And then, you know, I'm a very independent person. I mean, I just, and that way, and I like that. And so needing help was tough, you know, and like asking, you know, hey, like, I don't, I can't, I can't get to, I can't get my water. Can you please give me my water? You know, like, I can't get up and walk over there. So, you know, it is tough, but tell you what, my family was so amazing. And I mean, I'm talking about my family as far as my immediate family, but as you, as we grow older, our family is an extended family, you know, and even here at the, the compounding pharmacy at Emerald Coast Compounding Pharmacy, they were amazing because I had to come back to work. I had to keep going, you know, and so I would come into work and they had it all set up where I was sitting 
And I mean, even the patients coming in were just like, if they had questions, they were like, oh, honey, like, I know. They were all devastated too because they know me as the the pharmacist and the CEO that I'm here and I'm professionally doing this. And they, you know, they watch and they love all of it. And so, you know, they're devastated. One of our our lead tech here, Tammy Lakatis, she's my, my lead tech. And so, and I work with my sister Renee as well. And so Tammy, she has three daughters that play volleyball and played it, you know, through college and everything. And then she also considers my sister and I, her two other adopted daughters. So between these five kids of hers, she has gone through about 27 knee surgeries. Wow. So wow. as far as having that little bit of like experience, that little yeah, that experience. experience, he was always like, are you icing? Are you doing this? Why are you standing up? Why are you going after that? you know that that could be a setback, did it? Like, I mean, she was like mother hen on you. <laughs> and all of this adds up, you know? I mean, it's just every little detail is part of that. And, you know, you don't really want that many people in, you know, and people would check in on you, you know, a lot of people would, but it's such a brutally painful process. You're like, oh yeah, it's all good. It's fine. But like, really, it's just a process you want to do by yourself because it is so brutal and you know the physical therapy which my doctor dr king did control all my physical therapy my best friend is a trainer and he's one of my best friends so glenn cruz he took me in and he's been just pounding every every day and you know without the trust of my doctor my trainer i don't think i would have ever been able to push it that hard because it's like words that you don't ever say are coming out of your mouth, you know, <laughs> because you're having to bend your knee, you're having to straighten your knee and you can't do it yourself. So they're doing it for you. And, you know, you keep getting a little bit more range of motion every day, but you don't have like your, your leg muscle is gone. You know, it has atrophied so fast that it's just like, wow, it took me 36 years to build that leg up. Like, right, right. I don't have another 36 years left to, to build that leg back up. Like, where, where is it going to go? What's going to happen? And, so oh, so yeah. at this time, Regina, you're like, you're trying to walk. You're trying to flex your knee. In your mind, you're kind of like putting on the smile. Yeah, it's great. But you're like, man, I'm in a lot of pain. Oh, but yeah. Where, where do you turn the corner? Because this happens, I believe, in May. So June, July. I mean, where about that range? You're like, maybe I can get to the Malibu open. I was definitely not in June because I was just fresh out of my surgery. July happened. Oh, I can take this brace off, you know, because I mean, I'm in this big old brace locked out, but I still can't put my shoe on. So probably not going to happen. And then August comes around and I'm like trying to walk normal without a limp things are just still brutal. And I mean, you're still in pain, but you're like, screw it. I'm just going to walk without a limp. And everybody's like, you're limping. No, I'm not. But my doctor actually, I went to him several times. One time he's like, have you skied yet? And I'm like, I can't even put my shoe on. Like, what? why are you asking me if I can ski? But he was doing all these little questions. And then finally one visit, he asked me again, have you skied yet? And I'm like, well, no, because you haven't told me I could. But while we're at this, let's talk about this projected time frame. you know, like, you know, everybody says it's 12 months. He's like, well, let's say nine months, you know, let's go nine. And of course I'm like, well, can we negotiate? (laughs) (laughs) And I think, you know, thank goodness he was used to athletes and us 
compelling him and pushing him. And, but he's very stern too. So when it's a no, it's a hard no. But, you know, I think the 12 months was guided plan, nine months. Okay. Well, then I was like, well, you know, we have the world championships and it's October and it's like the 15th of October last day. Right. So, you know, where would we, what, what is the logistics of that? And he's like, thanks. And he's like, well, definitely not jump, definitely not trick, but I'll put you on your solid feet. Like, thanks, Doc. Thanks for giving me my best of it. First back. Like, yeah, there you go. So, you know, that would put me, you know, pushing it. And he's like, but that's not a guarantee. We're going to have to see where you're at. And then, like, a month goes by. I, like, basically have not had a day off. I mean, for everybody that ever called and said, oh, yeah, this is a great time. You know, you you can slow down. This is exactly, you know, it's just a blessing. Guys, it's a, you get to slow down. There was never a slowdown. I have worked harder in my entire life i have pushed myself harder there has not been a day off i mean because if there was a day off then i probably wouldn't have gotten to to malibu open i wouldn't have gotten to worlds and the goal originally was worlds but then malibu open got changed to october 1st so of course here i come limping back into dr king's office so so dr king's like okay well we'll, we'll, if you want to negotiate we'll negotiate you can get (laughs) you can have the slalom ski back so you get the slalom ski back you're getting some range of motion back, but yes. we did notice that you skied with a knee brace. And that was the first time that I've seen you slalom with a knee brace. But the reason I asked that, what did you have to shift your technique at all to compensate of where your body was at at that time? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And yes, we do. It's a Don Joy knee brace and it's pretty bulky for not ever having to use a knee brace before. So my stance is different. And I really hadn't had much time on the water going up to Malibu Open. I had maybe 10 sets in the first couple or like get up and ski behind the boat, right? Like I'm not allowed to cross the lake. And thank goodness, because that was just brutal across the lake. So yeah, there was a lot of adapting to go over. I just, and at first you're just like, wow, I, yeah, I know I had to relearn how to walk and to step, but like, I'm gonna have to relearn how to do this too. Like, but yeah, the knee braces played a, I mean, yes, it allows me to ski, but it is a frustrating piece of equipment. <laughs> sure, sure. So let me get this. This is incredible. This is incredible. So you're <laughs> like, I'm going to put on the knee brace. Malibu's around the corner. Unbelievable. It just kind of the stars line up. The date yeah. gets changed, buys you a little bit of time. Yeah. But you're like, going over the wake is just no fun. So maybe I'll like, maybe do some drills. I'll pull out whatever you are doing. So you get about 10 sets before Malibu. Now, in the background of this whole thing is, I think, one of the most exciting things we've seen a long time in the sport is in women's slalom. Because the competition in 2021 and going into 22 this year has really elevated to another level. So it isn't like your competition left off the gas. They met you there at Malibu Open full force. Yes, which was so exciting for Malibu Open and for Malibu Boats to be the first and the only tournament to have all of the girls in the finals run 39 off. I mean, amazing. It's so amazing for our sport. I couldn't imagine being, you know, the one watching too. It's just so awesome to do that because that is not an easy pass. That is a tough pass. And yeah, they all showed up for me on my first tournament back. So that was nice of them. Man, I, I, yeah, and I was, I was watching that. I, I remember watching it and pulling it up, and I just could not believe. I mean, there goes down another 39, another 39. And then, you know, I think the big narrative, though, going in was like, well, Regina's out there. She's really going to ski. Like, 
can she make it through her first pass? Can oh, well, she made it through the prelims, but is she gonna have enough in the tank to make it into the like that? Yeah. That whole thing was yeah. going on. Well, What's going on through your mind? They have had those are questions I had too. <laughs> <laughs> so so you make it to the finals though. How's your body feel? Your skin really good. I mean, you're on ten sets, which really, I'm sure those ten sets were not at thirty nine off either. No. I mean, <laughs> no, they were not. And oh, my body was killing me. I mean, it's like the beginning of the season when you're sore everywhere. Every muscle was sore. And I remember the next day walking to the plane, and I am like full on limp mode again. Like I, I'm just like, why did I do that to myself? Like, you know, and I was like, because I wanted to be out there. I wanted it so bad to just put my ski back on and know like I am going to get through this. You have these mental challenges, these physical challenges. I want to attack it head first. So it was really important for me to ski, you know, and and I didn't realize that part, you know, and that was actually my doctor that was the one that pushed that part um, for that because I tell you what that first pass when you you're saying you're watching is she gonna run the first pass that's how I was I have never really like I yes you're always nervous and you're always nervous in tournaments but I mean my heart was fluttering around one ball on my first pass and I'm like what is happening to me right now you know um, but yeah it was amazing I mean it, and when you're in it you're in it and you're just focused on it. And, a ton of emotions are going through your head because you don't know, you know there's so many unknowns at the back of your head you're like is this gonna hold up you know i don't want to go backwards i don't want to go you know and, and it why and that's the weird thing with the acl injuries mentally you don't know why it went right like there wasn't this reason for it to go it just went so why will it do it again like can sure. i push can i can i when can I push? Because there's always a little bit of pain. Like, I mean, I was out there and I'm skiing and every, you know, I'm making everything so happy and everything, but whoo, that was a lot of pain to go through. So that, that, that's incredible because you, you mentioned earlier that your doctor probably tuned into that tournament. So what yeah. does he say after you have this huge success at Malibu? Is he just kind of like, wow. I think when, because one time I go back to him and I, you know, I was like, well, you know, I told you October 15th for Worlds was the date, but can we push it to October 1st? And he's like, no, you know, I'm like, well, you know, I, I'm not going to, I'll just take it easy, right? <laughs> yeah. He's like, let's just see where you're at. So, you know, do all the tests. He's like, okay, let's, but you'll, you'll be fine. We can do this. Um, I don't think he realized I was just going to come straight out of the gates like that because I did listen to him. I mean, I, in my credit, I will say I followed his protocol for, how to get back on the water and what the, the steps were for the solemn ride. Then it just, I think I realized what was happening with that knee brace, what to do with it and just how to adapt for where I was at that moment. Cause it just kind of clicked and it happened literally on the practice set at Malibu open that I was like, Oh, I know what's happening. You know, my, my gap is so much wider here. And, you know, so it just, it, it clicked at that point, but I really don't think I can expect anything to take off like that. Now, maybe my family, maybe Glenn, maybe, you know, a group of people expected it from me. I sure did it. You know, I had like zero. I don't know about my goals. I would like to run 39 off one time at this tournament, but, you know, that's a tough stretch, right? <laughs> wow. Wow. No, that was just incredible to watch. And then, you know, roughly two weeks around the corner was the world yeah. tournament. I mean, and just so close of grabbing uh, another world title. 
and yeah. and 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 I know you're probably disappointed in that, but at the same token, I mean, I think everybody's just shaking their head. They're like, <laughs> she's not even supposed to be here. And she, yeah. I mean, and and it, and I think it was too, Regina. It was the level of consistency that you came back and skied, right? Because you had a really, really strong Malibu Open in every round. You got to do the same thing at Worlds. And now probably in your head, you're thinking like, okay, things are starting to come back. And I've been able to put two really solid tournaments together. And it, it definitely was. And um, you know, just Malibu Open was a credits builder going into Worlds. I couldn't imagine Worlds being, you know, the first tournament, you know, at least it was Malibu Open where it's my my Malibu boat, right? Like my sponsor Malibu and and their support that they, unbelievable support that they gave me through the entire, and still right now through this process, you know, they didn't even care if I was gonna ski Malibu open. You know, they're like, we don't want you to ski, we want you to be healthy in 2022. And I'm like, I know, but I need this for me. Like I need this for my head. And they're like, okay, we get that. And, it, um, you know what that reminds me of, Virginia? It reminds me of the jumper mentality, right? It's like you take a massive out the front yeah. and like, oh, I guess the best thing for me to do is just go right over the ramp to make sure I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. It probably was a little bit of that jumper mentality because I'm pretty sure this is not a normal mentality. Right. <laughs> so so let, um, let, let's focus a little bit as we, you know, we're going to come to present here with the 2022 season and what your goals are. One of the, the biggest things that, and I think a lot of people are like, when is this going to go down, is going to be 41 up, right? <laughs> You're the current world record holder at four and a half at 41 up. We had the opportunity to talk about this a little bit. One of the things that has really shown up, I think, in your skiing in the last, I don't know, seven years has been your ability to turn one, three, five. There are a couple <laughs> videos out on YouTube where I just sit back and I'm like, I have no idea how she is that efficient into one, three, five, which is your offside and then out of the finish of the turn. And you're basically telling me like, yeah, I really worked on that. And if I get down course, I don't really want an onside turn. Give me an offside turn. Tell yeah. us a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I have tried hard to be symmetrical in the course. Um, I really don't want to um, be labeled like, oh, there's her offside. I just want to be labeled as there is no offside. Um, right. And it's something that I've really worked hard. I'm a righty, so one three five is my offside. But, you know, I trust it now so much. You could give me a three or a five any day coming in at any angle. I, I am okay. But that is not just solely me and solely my technique. That is also something that I have been so fortunate to work on with Dave Good and Good Skis and the whole group at Good, um, the internal group with some of our key players there, Dave himself. You know, we've really worked hard on the, the carbon cores and the, the ski itself to allow me to build more space in before 135. Um, you know, and that's all just part of that innovative technology that Dave was so amazing at doing, you know, just sitting there and he was my sounding board as far as I need this, this is what I want, this is what I'm feeling. And being able to just, you know, and that, that's beauty with it being out there in Utah, we can go in and just make it right there and then try it right there. So very key player in that battle. 
no doubt about it. No doubt about it. And why I think it is such an important part is because when we start talking about the world record, four and a half at 41, you're going to pretty much, I assume there's going to be like no half buoy plays. If you come into number five, you feel pretty good. You're going to turn it. You're going to get over to number six. But yeah. why I say that is for a long time, I would say probably for over 15 years, you know, th there kind of had been that opportunity to say, okay, well, I'm going to get one and a half, then two and a half or, or two and a quarter, whatever it was. Yeah. And it's kind of built your world record pile. You know? Yeah. You got your world <laughs> record pile. Um, when you get down the course that far, the one, three, five is so important. Three turns, the most important turns in the course, obviously number one, you, you were mentioning this to me a little bit about it offline, how sometimes though it's become so efficient, it might be too efficient. And so finding that fine line to walk to get yourself through 41. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A, I mean, that's even a special if you place. breathe wrong or your heartbeat gets to beat at 41, it's game over and fast, right? right. Like that is a very fine line. It's got to be efficiently done. And yeah, there's times where that is too good that it, it messes you up. You get too early in the course. So it's definitely a, a rope length, a line length that I would love to be able to take down with this injury there as one thing it's taught me we're not going to go for half buoys we just need to go and do it because sure. we don't know when we won't get to do it sure. again <laughs> sure well it's going to be exciting to watch i mean i think yeah. we're all like kind of like <laughs> waiting for it to happen here's here's another thing that i wanted to to talk to you about and it it was the it was the tournament in um wisconsin you're over there i think stillwater pro and this is 39 off. I mean, we go back and look at the tape and it's like, how, how did you do that? Because you, you came around one, not a good one, pretty good at two, come into three, give up all the angle, but get the ski back on angle. I'm pretty and, sure my ski, my ski was on the other side of the rope too at three ball at wow. that point. <laughs> wow. And it, it's crazy to think because it's like, you know, I think a lot of times in this modern era where younger skiers are growing up only on um, a speed control system, that a lot of times if, if they feel out of place or something happens, they kind of just give up on the past. You have been a skier that has grown up since, you know, we had manual driving. The Shaylander dunk, you know? The yeah, Shaylander dunk. And, you know, I think of like, there's a, there's a couple of really good pro tours. I think one of them was... Uh, uh, Carl Robert's in Wichita, like 1988. And it's like deep water starts out of every turn, like off and onside turn. But I look back on that, like you kind of grew up watching all of those skiers and like saying like, you know, I'm never out of this thing. And when I went back and I watched that, I'm still like shocked. I have no idea how you made it through the past. But at the same time, I'm like, you know what? I think Regina has a skill set that a lot of the younger skiers may not have because you've skied all around the world. You never know what the conditions are gonna be. It could be windy, it could be bumpy, but regardless, sometimes you're just not gonna get the ideal turn. And then right. what do you do with it, right? Yeah, hopefully you have a lot of tools in your toolbox. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I do remember that 39 off, um, you know, and the funny part is that I, ran that I knew it was bad you know it was just like oh my goodness get through this fast and it wasn't that it was for the win at that time I just really wanted to run that pass um and it was actually 
that it, I, I really wanted to get into 41 because that was at, it was at a free event tournament. I had gotten into 41 that round pretty deep. I, you know, jumped close to 180 or tricked, you know, the 84 or whatever. I don't know all the points, but it was like 8,400. I ran, you know, two and a half, 41, jumped 180. If we would use the current calculations, because after that they redid the calculations, we were kind of confused if it was the world record or not. That would be the world record with these new calculations that sure. we did. So in my head, I was like, oh man, I really want another 41 shot because I really want to have like this go at this overall, you know, because it was an overall round. So that round wasn't even necessarily that I needed to run that pass. So I just beat myself up for it. But at the end of the day, I'm kind of glad I did because that just gave me so much confidence in my 39. I was like, okay, if I can get a gate in one that bad and still make it, granted my body was really beat up afterwards, but it did give me a lot of confidence in that pass to, you know, hey, any condition, I should be able to get down this pass. It's incredible. And if those of you are listening, just pull it up on YouTube. We can thank Kelvin Kelm. He's got a lot of great videos. You were even telling me that like Kelvin's video of you running slow motion 32 up. I think that it's almost up to like 858,000 views or something. I checked that today, like in a crazy amount of views. Some anyway, all, all good things. So here, here's 2022. Now, you know, you're still walking through this process of the road to recovery. You're probably setting goals. You see the tournament schedule of what, what's out there and what you want to accomplish. You yeah. know, the big question is, though, as you enter into this season, multiple time, as we mentioned, world record holder, broke it, I don't know how many times, but an amazing amount of times. World champion, uh, multiple times. Master's champion, multiple times. And, and I hope in my, the introduction I do to this, I can get all of those numbers because it's, <laughs> it's a big, big number. The greatest of all time number. <laughs> and I just wonder, how do you set goals now that you've achieved what you've been able to achieve? That's a great question. I, it's, it never gets old hearing it being the greatest of all time. Um, but you also are living it and you, in your head, you know, think, oh, I got so much more in the tank um, that I don't want to leave out. I don't want to stop with what I, in my heart, in my head, feel like I could do. Yeah, the goals are still to push and still to run 41. You know, I had those goals prior to the injury. They just got postponed, basically. Um, sure. You know, and it's going to fill and be so bittersweet when all of that stuff starts happening again. Um, because, you know, I mean, there are still things that are so frustrating with this injury. You know, I'm still trying to do one leg, you know, walking upstairs without being a thing, you know? So you, we stay like going into this season, you know, I'm looking forward to it, but I also in my head, I'm like, it's approaching so fast. Yes, I love summer. Yes, I'm ready for it, but I still have so much work to do for this, this recovery process. Cause you know, I, I'm still struggling to walk up a stairwell. So there's a lot of work still to do on me then I will reassess and set goals at that point in time, I think. So it's still going to be a baby approach into the beginning of the year. And hopefully I can start hitting the gas pedal a little bit harder. Excellent. No, it's going to be super, super exciting to watch. <laughs> and and, and I, I mean, I'm reminded of this story. You probably don't remember this story. But when we were on the ski team at Louisiana Monroe, there was a copy of the Water Skier magazine. 
And I don't know if you were on the cover or you were inside the magazine uh, and there was a picture. And I remember I was like, oh, man, cool. Look, Regina, you're in the Water Scare magazine. <laughs> and, 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 I, and you kind of looked at it and you're like, yeah, but, you know, like, my upper body is really not where it's supposed to be. Like I could be standing on the ski a little bit better. I'm like, what are you talking about? But I, but, but, and I, I think that's so important to say because that's what makes you the greatest of all time. Because looking at the finer details, that that's what really makes the difference when you look at the big picture of the big time goals. And I wanted to ask you because I, you know, you hear these interviews with whatever sport it is. Is it? about the achievement or is it more about the process to get to the achievement that brings the most satisfaction? Wow. Yeah. Um, goodness, if you would have asked me that 12, 15 years ago, it might've been a different answer. Um, but it's definitely the, the journey, you know, the people that come into your lives that take you on that journey or that you at least rope in for your journey. You know, because they become so vital, you know, and they give so much to you that the win is so fulfilling, not just for you, it's their win too. And, you know, that's why I say, if you would have asked me that 15 years ago, it would have been a different, you don't see that, right? Like you don't see that side of things, but then as you get into it and you start, things start, you know, getting better and better and better you realize, you know, the, the wins are so vital. Your family, you know, Dave Good. I mean, those wins were always Dave. I remember Dave would tell me, well, Regina, you're won by half a buoy. That's not enough. I'm going, we're going to sit down. We're going to build a better ski. And I'm like, oh, okay. That sounds great. Like, but should we do that right now? Like, should we go to dinner and start talking? You know? So it's definitely the journey. Um, of the process, the goods, the bads, the uglies, um, you know, the, you know, oh, I'll be there, but, you know, you do miss out on a lot of family time because it's just, you're so driven to make sure you don't miss it. You know, like I said, the first four months out of my ACL surgery, I did not have a day off and everybody, you know, there was a lot of people that were like, oh, you shouldn't do this, but I knew in my head, my doctor, my trainer, they all knew that was the right option. You have to push through this. Um, there is no day off. Otherwise, you're not going to make your deadline. And that, you know, making that deadline, making Malibu open happen, you know, that's all part of the journey. And that journey was brutal and it was honest and ugly. And, um, but then, you know, I got to Malibu open and I ran 39 every round. And everyone in my life that was part of that process was like, that's the best comeback in the entire history of any sport. <laughs> yeah, and, no doubt. But they were all part of it. That is definitely the answer is the journey to get there that's rather than the actual achievement. Because that's... it's just pure heart and soul and blood and sweat, like all involved to get there. Well, and it almost goes back to why we all water ski in the very beginning, yeah. right? It's a family sport. And then if you're in it long enough, you realize that the sport of water skiing is just an extension of your family. Yeah. And for you to be on that journey, I mean, um, it, it's just going to be really special to watch you continue to come back is, I guess, I guess is Swiss pro the first 
tournament on your calendar? Yeah, yeah, I know. I just got a, actually a message today. Like we got to enter in and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, because for a year I haven't entered into any tournaments. Right? Like yeah. I did at the end of the season, but they were all like, hey, can you just hold on? Because I don't know if I'm actually going to make it but I don't want to enter in the tournament and possibly take away somebody to be able to get in because of, you know, the waiting list or whatever. But like, if I can, I really want to, but I don't want to like bail it on you. And, you know, so now I'm like, well, I know I'm going to be there because I sure. did make it sure. at a couple of events at the end of the year. So exciting. I feel like I'm starting to climb back up this ladder here. Yeah. Entering well, now that, we, now that we've got the whole story of what the Swiss pro actually built your pharmacy <laughs> practice and you're going on your eighth win, or this is, this is number eight in question, you know, can you take it down eight times? <laughs> It's going to be so fun to watch. Like, I'm so, so pumped to tune in. And then we turn right around the corner to the Masters. And obviously, yep. you didn't get to compete there last year. So that will be a fun tournament. That will be. That will be very fun to go to. That's one of, you know, the tournaments that's been around forever. And um, I, it was gut-wrenching to miss it because I am born and raised in Georgia. So I am a June baby. My mom was pregnant with me watching the Masters. And then we went and watched the Masters until I, well, actually my sister was skiing in Junior Masters and I qualified for Junior Masters. And from that point on, I never missed the Masters until COVID hit and we didn't go. And then, oh, I get injured and I can't go. So, you know, I haven't stepped foot in Pine Mountain for the last two years, which is totally not my normal. <laughs> you know, I've been yeah, because you you have been you have been worked. skiing there what 20, 25 years about? It's been yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was the first one you missed. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So Unbelievable. it'll be nice to get back there and start this whole season, you know, coming back and making things happen. So I'm excited for it. I'm gonna keep putting my head down and work through the last chapter of this injury to put it behind me and uh, move forward like so many other athletes have and you know come back from from ACL injuries it's part of our sport it's part of any sport and I think that's kind of the thing I always tell myself you know when I get really down about it is you know you're not the first person that had ACL injury which I'm thankful for because they are so well more advanced with ACL surgeries now than they were before so thank you to everybody prior. But yeah, it's it's something that I am fortunate that this injury, because they are inevitable, this is something that I can come back from. That is a blessing. Well, on that note, I cannot thank you enough. I know you're <laughs> super, super busy running the pharmacy, getting back into ski shape for this season. And uh, yes, I want to give you the opportunity. hard you can't run. <laughs> yeah, I bet it is. I bet it. Uh, what, so do you, just on that note, so just like if you can't really run, do you just a lot of stretching and weights? I hate stretching, but uh, yeah, so I could do that a lot more. It's just a very slow process, that whole stretching thing. And so I do, I do try to, what's really helped with this injury, which, you know, if anybody has a knee injury, the thing to do is jump on a bike as soon as you can, you know, that repetitive motion and it will give you the cardio too. So that's the one thing that I think really helps through that whole process. Yeah, a little bit lower impact than running on yeah. the concrete. Yeah. Well, Regina, please give us a handoff of where people can find you. I know you're running the pharmacy. I know you've got a lot of sponsors. Yes. Um, so you can always find me. Um, you can go to my website, Regina Jaquist, J-A-Q-U-S-S dot com. 
And you can also, whenever we're at tournaments, I do a lot of record tournaments to help me judge. Just always come up, even if you have a question about injuries. I mean, going through this injury, one thing that I want to take away from it is I can help the next person come off of their injury and, you know, quit putting these timelines of, oh, 12 months. You know, look at Joe Burrow. You know, I mean, he came back up too in six months. So we want to set new standards for that. Um, and then, you know, I definitely want to thank all my sponsors through this year, a year where I had a ton of tournaments. I was on the top of my game. Um, you know, then devastating news happened and it happened quick and I went in for surgery quick and then I was calling them to tell them. Um, they all stood by my side. They never once, you know, questioned the, oh, is she done? They never questioned that. They already knew that answer before I even knew that answer. And, you know, they all stuck by me. So I want to definitely thank them. Malibu Boats, Good Skis, Masterline Robes, Eagle Wetsuit, PKD Gloves, Garden of Life, Stay I Won't. Of course, Emerald Coast Compounding Pharmacy, Babes Boat Care. I mean, they have all stood by my side. And I thank them because this was a, definitely a low season for me. But uh, we're going to start climbing it up for 2022. Excellent. Well, Regina, I know at some point we're going to have you back on the show somewhere down the road. <laughs> Until then, we're going to tune in or wait to tune in for the Swiss Pro. So thank you so much That's for coming exciting. on the show. Yes, thank you. Thanks for listening and come back to catch future episodes as we chat with water ski legends and current stars of each of the sports disciplines as we celebrate the 100th anniversary of water skiing. Thanks again to our sponsor, Visit Central Florida. We'll see you next time.